Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back for another episode. I'm your host, Brad Becky. Today I'll be going over what I think each NFL team needs to do in order to succeed for the upcoming season. Touching on Tom Brady and Antonio Brown, and of course, you guessed it, this week's fast break. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy episode 38 of the Box Score Sports Podcast. Took my baby to the highest high. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, welcome back. I'm glad you're here, and I'm excited because you're not the only one that's back, but football is. I couldn't be happier, man. It really is my favorite time of year, and I'm really excited for what's to come. And I feel that it's appropriate that as we are starting to approach the ending of the preseason... We are technically only in week two, but it's only four weeks long. I think it's important to address what each team needs to happen slash what their biggest challenge is in order for that team to be considered a success this season. Now, each team is going to have a different perspective of exactly what success is. Your Jaguars, your Jets, your Lions, your Giants, your Texans, I'm, they're not going to the playoffs, you know. So sitting here saying playoffs or bust is BS. It's not fair. So we're going to go over what I think each team needs to happen slash biggest challenge for the 2022-23 season to be considered a success. And we're going in alphabetical order based on city. Slash state, starting with the Arizona Cardinals. In order for that team to succeed this year, I think that they need to work on and address the pass rush and run defense. I think last year they were pretty bad in terms of the run defense. I, I read something about uh, their game against Carolina. I can't remember where they were ranked defensively when they played Carolina, but it was bad. So Arizona Cardinals, pass rush, run defense. The Atlanta Falcons. I think it's important to address and establish the passing game since the departure of Matt Ryan, not to mention the suspension of Calvin Ridley. So you're essentially, from last year to this year, went from your basically your best two weapons to not having either. So basically this season you're looking at your number one receiver being Drake London and you're probably Kyle Pitts is going to be fighting for top receptions and so on and so forth. So there's a lot of work to do there. Like I mentioned also, they don't have Matt Ryan. They downgraded to Marcus Mariota. And then the rookie they drafted out of Cincy, Desmond Ritter. Looking at the Baltimore Ravens. I I really think it's simple. After last season, I think it just comes down to staying healthy, man. You look at what happened to them last year. Their biggest flaws was their depth because of injury after injury after injury, especially at running back. My God, they couldn't catch a break. So it really just comes down to staying healthy. The Buffalo Bills. I think that they're going to be the best team in the football league this year. In, in terms of meaning they're going to win the Super Bowl, in my opinion. But 
I think that they have some issues in terms of depth at the cornerback position. I believe that Tredavious White is on a minor injury right now, and they did draft Kair Alam, but other than that, they really don't have any solidified guys. They have good safeties. They have a good secondary, but they don't really have anybody that's a determined, a predetermined corner two on the team. So I think it's really determining who's going to follow up behind Tredavious White. Carolina Panthers, two words. Baker Mayfield, that's it. I really think that they need to take advantage of Baker, especially with the problems at QB since Cam Newton's departure. Sam Darnold wasn't it. I think Baker Mayfield has enough talent to get these guys in the right position, but it's about Carolina giving Baker what he needs to succeed in that position. So, Baker Mayfield. Chicago Bears. I really think it comes down to supporting Justin Fields. And I'm not going to lie, this last offseason, I was really disappointed in the Bears. Because you saw last year about the struggles at receiver. You look at Allen Robinson. He's really good, but I personally think he just wasn't getting the right targets last year. Andy Dalton was not the guy. I'll say it again. I'm not saying Justin Fields is incredible, but he has talent. It's there, but... Chicago's doing nothing to put him in a situation to succeed. So I think that in order for that to work, they need to start focusing on supporting Justin Fields. The Cincinnati Bengals. I don't really think there's a whole lot of criticism here or anything like that. I think it's really just avoiding the Super Bowl hangover. You know, you made it. So in a lot of people's eyes, you know, you're good enough to go again, but let's not forget that they went 10 and 7 in the regular season. You know, that's really not far over 500. So, I will admit that I have a lot of confidence in the team this year because the O-line got better and that was the biggest problem last year. So, I would say the two things that they need to work on are keeping their offensive line healthy because that was a big jump they made and just avoiding the Super Bowl hangover. The Cleveland Browns. Now, this one is a unique situation because of the news we received yesterday, the 18th, that Deshaun Watson's suspension was changed from six games to 11 games on top of a $5 million fine. Personal opinion, I think that they had a really good opportunity here to make a statement, and I say they in terms of the NFL. You think about guys like Josh Gordon that they ban for a substance that's legal in a portion of this country. Not to mention Calvin Ridley, who you banned for an entire season for betting. But you're going to ban this guy for not even for barely half a season for alleged sexual assault. So I don't really see how this league determines the value of a certain issue. And it's kind of frustrating because I feel like we as fans don't get any input. And I understand it's not really our business and that we don't get a say-so. But there's no way to decipher the difference. You know, you got guys like Josh Gordon who get suspended two seasons for smoking a substance that the everyday American smokes. So, not really understanding. Not to mention it's medicinal benefits but whatever and not to mention again not to mention 
the retired NFL players that have all come out and say that they smoked a ridiculous amount of weed because of how well it helped them with pain management. So I don't understand how you're suspending a guy with alleged sexual assault allegations for not even a season, but you're suspending another guy with weed for two seasons. That just doesn't make any sense to me, but whatever. Anyway, speaking of which, their their QB situation is clearly the thing that they need to focus on here because they have 11 weeks of football, well, 10, including a bye week, that they need to figure out who's going to be their starting quarterback. I'm going to put my money on Jacoby Brissett. I am. Like I mentioned in previous episode, he has starter experience in this league with both the Patriots and the Colts. So he's been there. He's done that. But I think that you can go ahead and write off this year for the the Browns. They're not going to do too hot. The Dallas Cowboys. I think that a big thing here that not a lot of people really paid attention to is they need to address the offensive line. They lost two of their five starters, the starting center and the starting tackle being Leo Collins and Connor Williams. I think it's a big deal for a team like Dallas who has always been kind of notorious in the recent future for having a good offensive line. They still have Zach Martin. They still have Tyron Smith. But Tyron Smith has been in and out of injury a lot the last two or three years, so he's not fully certain. Zach Martin, obviously one of the best in the league, but still, he's probably coming on the end of his career shortly. And I think it's just important to ensure that you're supporting Dak and Zeke properly. I don't think Ezekiel Elliott's going to do as well this year, but we'll see. The Denver Broncos. I think addressing their biggest challenge and their biggest improvement is their inconsistency with pass rushers. Right now, their best pass rush is Bradley Chubb. So they did go and get Nick Benito in the draft who could help on the other side of Chubb, but I still think that ever since losing Von Miller, they've needed help and it never really got addressed. That's why in the other week's episode I had mentioned that Roquan Smith would be a really good addition for them because they need help at linebacker in general. So there you have it with that. The Detroit Lions. I really genuinely think that this season is all about finding offensive fluidity, finding the identity of your team. Because that that was really the biggest problem last year, is that there was a lot of inconsistency with the offense. There was Amon Ross St. Brown, who didn't really, quote-unquote, show up till towards the end of the season. DeAndre Swift was kind of on and off a little bit here and there. Jared Goff, on and off here and there. So I think that they really need to get that fluidity flowing. They they need to work on the chemistry of playing with each other. They got a little more help, you know, and I think that it really comes down to just identifying themselves as an offense and really applying the pressure and taking advantage of their offensive possessions. The Green Bay Packers. This should be pretty obvious. After losing Devontae Adams, it comes down to identifying who will be your wide receivers. I would say just based on judgment that Alan Alan Lazard is going to be your wide receiver one. And then it's looking like there are a lot of rookies and very young players that are going to follow him. And unfortunately, from camp and stuff and interviews that we've seen with Aaron Rodgers, they've been struggling. So 
I really think that Packers are going to take a hit this year, and I don't think by too much. I just don't think that they make it. They have the season that they've been having. So Rodgers is really going to have to work hard with these young guys. The Houston Texans. A lot of things, but I think it comes down to the run game first. They haven't had a solid run game since Arian Foster. If you know, you know. But luckily with rookie Damian Pierce, there have been a lot of high praise towards him from experts, coaches, staff, all that kind of stuff, saying that he he's league ready. He's ready to get it going. So I'm, I can't say that I'm not looking forward to him. The way that people are talking about him, it's hard not to. So if they can support Damian Pierce properly, then they should be able to check that one off the list. The Indianapolis Colts. They need receiver help. Your wide receiver one is Michael Pittman Jr. Not that he's not good, but your second and third receivers are Alec Pierce and Paris Campbell. Who? My point exactly. The Jacksonville Jaguars. I really think it comes down to developing Trevor Lawrence. You've clearly committed to him, and I think that there's nothing wrong with that. I think Trevor Lawrence has talent to be in, to succeed in this league, but it's all about putting him in the proper situation. Having Urban Meyer there in Jacksonville, I think put I think it slowed him down. I think it slowed him down, and may have even set them back a bit because clearly things did not go well with him there. For the Kansas City Chiefs, I think it really just comes down to consistency on defense. They have a couple stars here and there. They did lose Tyrant Matthews, so that's a big loss there. But they just need to find a way to have a consistent defense because it would make them a lot better team. Ironically, their best two players on defense are probably D linemen, and they could definitely use some help on pass rush as well. Between Frank Clark, Chris Jones, they could just use a little more consistency. The Las Vegas Raiders. I personally think that the offensive line in Vegas determines the offense's success. It really comes down to how well the O-line plays, how healthy they are, how well they develop, and go from there. You clearly have enough outside of that. Josh Jacobs, he's good enough to be a top 15 running back in this league. Derek Carr, top 10 QB in this league. Maybe top 12. And then, obviously, you went and got Devontae Adams. He's a top five receiver in the league. Darren Waller, top five tight end in the league. Like, you have what it takes at receiver, not to mention Hunter Renfro had a great season last year. They just need to work on offensive line and supporting the remainder of the offense. The Los Angeles Chargers. I think it's about making a big recovery on defense. Obviously, they went and got J.C. Jackson, Khalil Mack. Huge additions. Huge. But... Let's not forget that they were in the bottom 10 of the league in yards averaged against per game. Bottom 10. That's bad. The Los Angeles Rams, I think it just comes down to replication. They played a great season last year. Everybody meshed well. You won the Super Bowl. There's really not much to do. You got a little bit better. You added Bobby Wagner defensively. You added Allen Robinson offensively. Big names. Just do it again. That's really all it comes down to. Just keep going. Do it again. Don't skip a beat. And Cam Akers coming back from injury, huge. So we'll see. 
the Miami Dolphins. I think that roster-wise, they have done what they needed to to try and support Tua Tango Viola. They've added, what was it, four running backs in the offseason. Raheem Mostert, Chase Edmonds, not to mention going out and getting Tyreek Hill. And Jalen Waddle was clearly a success last season. So I think it really just comes down to success on offense, especially they went and they they fortified that offensive line. So it's clear that roster-wise they did what they needed to to support him, but now they need to put Tua in a proper situation with Mike McDaniel, whether it be different playbooks, so on and so forth, to help Tua succeed because he can do it. There's been a lot of praise, especially from Tyreek Hill, who let's not forget who this guy's old quarterback was. Had a lot of praise for Tua, so they just need to support Tua. The Minnesota Vikings, their biggest flaw right now, they need to solve their problems at the cornerback position. Their second best corner is Cameron Dantzler. Patrick Peterson, I have a lot of respect for the guy, but he's kind of washed now. So they could definitely use some help at corner. They need to really figure out who's going to be on that team and how they're going to make adjustments because last year they it was not it. New England Patriots. I think it's really important that they develop the young receivers that they have because they do have talented guys. Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne, list goes on. They just need to develop those guys. Mac Jones has what it takes to be a top 20 in this league. He proved it last year. So help him develop around him and then I really think they need to work on depth at corner especially after losing JC Jackson that was a huge loss and they didn't really do much to replace him the New Orleans Saints I think it really comes down to what to expect from the star players you have Alvin Kamara with his little legal situation that he had in Vegas I think it was and then you got Michael Thomas coming off injury you got Jarvis Landry coming on the team. You got Chris Olave. You know, I think it really does just come down to your stars, the, the big players on your team. Are they going to show up and get it done? And are you? what are you going to do to help them get there? The New York Giants. I think health is a big factor, but I also think that they just need to work on their offensive identity, similar, similar to the Lions. Um, but health is a big factor. You look at last year, Sterling Shepard was out for a good portion of the year. Kenny Galladay, he had a pretty rough season. And then obviously Saquon Barkley. It's a combination of identifying the offense and staying healthy. The New York Jets, I think they need to utilize their talents and strengths. Now, I know that they don't have the best roster in the world, but they do have talent on that team. They have a one-two punch, killer one-two punch at running back with Michael Carter, who last year was pretty decent, and now Brees Hall out of Iowa, Iowa State. So I think that they really need to work on addressing their talents, protect Zach Wilson. He could succeed. And then making sure that players, which ironically this is not the case right now, but players like Makai Becton are healthy and keeping your defensive stars healthy as well. Sauce Gardner, Quinnen Williams, so on and so forth. The Philadelphia Eagles, I think they they need to re-unlock their defensive potential. You think about what their defense looked like the year they won the Super Bowl against the New England Patriots, Nick Foles. 
I think that that's a, a, a big factor into that team's success. Yes, I understand that Fletcher Cox is no longer with them, but they do have a lot of other stars. Jordan Davis, N'Kobe Dean joining the team in the draft this year. They still have other players that succeeded on the team well. Nigel Bradham, Javon Hargrave, Brandon Graham, Darius Slay, so on and so forth. They have what it takes to be a solid defense. They just need to re to re-unlock that potential. The Pittsburgh Steelers. This one, it's it's only really one thing for me, but I think it's very crucial. And I think it's timing the arrival of Kenny Pickett properly. When to introduce him as a starter in this league. I think that the timing of that is huge. It comes down to, do you put him in the right situation at the right time? Is he ready? Is he going to put your team in the best situation to win now? I think as of right now, the starter week one of the regular season is going to be Mitchell Trubisky. So just make sure Kenny Pickett is a talented kid. He has a bright future. You got to put him in the right situation to make sure that he's ready and time it properly. The San Francisco 49ers. I think now that they have, we have all seen it, they've clearly made the decision to move on from Garoppolo and push for Trey Lance. I think that they need to take that statement that they've made to themselves a little more seriously. They need to help him now. They need to put stuff around him now. You lost Raheem Mostert. Elijah Mitchell showed promise last year. He should be even better this year. Debo Samuel, I don't even have to say none. George Kittle, don't even have to say none. Just make sure that you keep the kid healthy and put him. keep the good guys around him, work on that offensive line, and keep the defense on the field as much as you can. Seattle Seahawks, you got to figure out your QB situation. Drew Locke is not going to cut it. Geno Smith, definitely not going to cut it. You got to figure something out. You got to go after Jimmy G. You got to go after somebody because I'm going to tell you right now, it's just not going to work. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think that they don't have too much to work on. I think they do need to identify a tight end one. They need to figure out who's going to replace Gronk. I know that's a hard ask, but... And they also... I understand that it's not fully a problem, but make sure that Tom Brady's ready for the season. Tennessee Titans. You need to establish your wide receivers. I don't think one starting receiver on the team was on the team last year. You got Robert Woods. They traded, uh, signed him from L.A. Rams. I think people forget how good Robert Woods was before injury, man. Go back and look at that stat in them highlights, or them stats in them highlights. Dude is nice. He really is. He was Cooper Cup before Cooper Cup was Cooper Cup. And then they got Traylon Burks, who has shown that he can really extend. He's a big ball guy. Um, it's just the keeping the consistency of catching it and route running. And then lastly, the Washington Commanders. I think that they need to focus on what they need to do to resurrect the Philadelphia Eagles' Carson Wentz. It's easy to forget what he's capable of, but y'all need to realize that the year they went to the Super Bowl and won with Nick Foles, Carson Wentz got him there. I think all but the, N the NFC Championship game. Every game before that, Carson Wentz played... And he got him there. He was the starting quarterback. So understand that this guy's a playoff caliber quarterback easily. He had it. He's done it once. He can do it again. He just needs to keep it up. So if, if Washington 
can unlock that potential from him again, watch out for Washington. That's all I'm going to say. Scary Terry and all of his boys. So there you have it, folks. That's what all 32 teams need to work on, need to address for the team to succeed, whatever it may be. My opinion, I think those are the most important things. If I had to pick one, I just said it. Real quick, I want to go over the Tom Brady situation. I just addressed it briefly, but um, some of you who haven't been paying, paying as much attention to the news might know that he has been absent for training camp so far. He's missed week one, and he will miss week two of the preseason. Um, initially, the rumor was that there was had some problems in the family, maybe something marriage-related or even a family emergency. But after Todd Bowles, former offensive coordinator and now current head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, has assured the media that it is not a family emergency and that Brady and Bowles did discuss this before training camp began. He's working on maintaining a proper work-life balance, and some other things related to his family. So nothing to worry about. Tom Brady will be back for the preseason week three. Speaking of another someone that you could affiliate with Tom Brady, Antonio Brown has been his recent self on social media lately. He posted something on Twitter the other day. This was last week. And it's signed Antonio Brown on his biggest regret. I'm going to read this quote. I'm going to pause after I read it because I'm still appalled. My biggest regret in my career does not involve calling my GM a cracker or showing up to Raiders camp late in a hot air balloon with frozen feet or throwing rocks at the UPS driver. It definitely doesn't involve taking my shirt off and doing a victory lap around the Jets stadium mid-game while throwing up deuces. My biggest regret is that I'll never get to see me, Antonio Brown, play a game. Live. Sure, I can watch the game afterwards, but I can't imagine what that was like for you all to see something like that. Just watching the Beatles or Jesus perform at Red Rocks. Every time did I try to have faith in this man's sanity and success. He gives us another reason to lose it. What the hell is that, man? What are you even talking about? I saw somebody that, that, that I think my screenshot, I, qu I screenshotted a quoted tweet that somebody quoted and said, just going to assume I've entirely lost my grip on reality and continue my Thursday. Not to mention another tweet that Antonio Brown posted about Tom Brady's hiatus saying, Tom Brady manipulate the game, gets 14 days, go home, get his mind right, LOL. Now you see the difference. Put that shit on. So... He's even calling out Brady for his situation. I I don't understand. This guy, it just he's a psycho. That's all I can say about that. I don't even know what to think. He's losing his money. I don't think he's ever going to play another NFL game, personally. All these antics that he's been up to the last few seasons, I just don't see a team wanting to sign somebody and enlisting themselves for that much drama. I'm, I'm not interested. I know damn well they're not interested seems like the only thing AB's interested in is himself, so we'll just move on.
from that. I, All right, you guys. Enough shenanigans. It's time for this week's fast break. Starting things off, you got legend LeBron James signing a two-year extension with the Lakers worth $97.1 million, making him the soon-to-be highest-played NBA player ever, at least in terms of career earnings. That guaranteed money is crazy. Speaking of the big bucks, safety on the Chargers, Derwin James is now on pace to be the highest paid safety in the history of the NFL with his four-year $76.4 million contract. Staying on topic of money, the Big Ten has signed a massive media deal for seven years, averaging about $1.2 billion annually with CBS, Fox, and NBC. New York Mets prospect Brett Beatty does the unthinkable and at his first career at-bat in the MLB cracks a two-run home run for the Mets. After 17 years with the team, John Daniels is no longer the president of baseball operations for the Texas Rangers. I don't blame him. That team, I feel like most people forget they exist. A lot of the top PGA players met this last week to discuss the potential for a better PGA in lieu of events related to the LIV group. And to wrap things up, you guys, probably the biggest story, Fernando Tatis, star shortstop for the San Diego Padres, has been given an 80-game suspension without pay after testing positive for Colostobol, a PED substance. He will miss the rest of the season and 42 games of the 2023 season, and the suspension renders him ineligible for the postseason. Luckily, the Padres have other help, but that's definitely a big hurt defensively for the team. All right, you guys, that wraps it up for this week's Fast Break and Episode 38 of the Box Score Sports Podcast. Thank you so much for returning for another week. I'm glad you can make it. I will reiterate something I brought up last week. If you are interested in distributing any of the business cards for us here at Box Score Sports, please don't hesitate to reach out. We would greatly appreciate any kind of support you're willing to give, whether it be two cards, ten cards, fifty cards, whatever. Please just give us a shout. Share it on social media. Share it with your loved ones. I will see you guys next week for episode 39. Peace out. Took my baby to the highest high.